Welcome to Emory Arts' Creativity Conversations podcast. This podcast features conversations from the Endowed Speaker Series, Rosemary McGee Creativity Conversations. The following conversation is between Theater Emory co-directors Marguerite Hanna and Lydia Fort for the Spring 2023 production of Our Town. Enjoy. Welcome. We are here um, having a conversation um, on co-directing in action. Here with us today is Marguerite Hanna, the Associate Artistic Producer um, at Horizon Theater and Vice President of the Board of the National New Play Network and a board member and co-chair of the Festival Committee for the National Association for Musical Theaters. Also with us is Lydia Fort, Assistant Professor in the Department of Theater and Dance at Emory University. Lydia is also the Director of the Playwriting Center of Theater Emory and also a board member of SDC, which is the Union of Stage Directors and Choreographers. Welcome, Lydia and Marguerite. They are going to be talking with us today about Theater Emory's production of Our Town and their roles as co-directors of that project. Thank you. <laughs> Lydia, Hi. how about you start? Okay. Um, it's interesting because we actually haven't had a conversation where we sat down just to talk about big picture, big picture or sort of lofty ideas in a very long time. And I can't remember when I first reached out to you what I said, <laughs> but it probably went something like, I'm doing a production of Our Town for Emory. Do you wanna come hang out and play? <laughs> um, and then there's that thing that I probably said next, which was, okay, so we all know we have our feelings about dusty old plays and it might have been a while <laughs> since you and I have touched it, but um, I really wanted to be able to dig into the play in a different way. And back at that time, um, originally we were talking about having someone come in and actually do a whole new translation mm -hmm. that updated the play to current times and set it in Buford Highway. Mm -hmm. Like very, very, very big ideas. Um, and I love those conversations, right? And we, <laughs> yeah. were, we had a playwright in mind and we we're all excited. Right, we, yeah. yeah. And then the estate basically was like, no. <laughs> and then timeline, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just would take too long. Um, but when I was asked to direct the play, it was about wanting to be able to present a multicultural production. And I feel incredibly strongly, as you already know, that if we're going to do that, it has to be race specific or ethnic specific, that it couldn't just be people of color occupying space where they assume a kind of general whiteness. Um, and I really want to lean into that. So we have this gorgeous play, Jeff Augustine and Nilo Cruz worked on this gorgeous translation. Um, with Spanish-speaking family and a Creole-speaking family, and that didn't feel right for the population at Emory. So then it sank into this place of, let's make it right for Emory. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, I was excited by that. I was really excited by that. 
And I always have big ideas and I can't do everything I want to do, but I'm glad that we've made it this far and have delivered on that thing that was first the most um, provocative sort of way in. Yeah, because I, I think this time we at least got some big chunks. We didn't have to surrender the whole concept for little pieces of, you know, we just got some big chunks and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that is how the conversation started. We were, I think, what, when was that? Was it a year ago? Was it more than, I don't even remember. It wasn't a year ago. No, it was in the summer. Okay, okay. It was in the summer sometime. So we're talking maybe six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really short, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and that, that's why I'm saying the ambition of, our, of yeah. what our first conversation was and the reality that, ah, everything takes more time than that. Yeah. And there's an estate. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And that's been great, I have to say. Um, our managing director, Roz, is awesome. And is paved the way for a really, I think, fantastic beginning relationship with the Wilder estate. Um, and they are, you know, really intrigued by the idea of what does our town mean for the 21st century? So they were open to, well, what could this be? Keeping in mind that we can't actually change his words without their approval. I was, uh, because we Zoomed with the, uh, the agent and the, uh, the gentleman who manages the estate. And I was pleasantly surprised by how interested they were in seeing how far the boundary could be moved because of their desire to keep the piece relevant. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I was really, I was encouraged by hearing it from them directly. Mm -hmm that uh, kind of took the edge off of wondering whether they would say, what have you done to our play? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to, well, let's see how far mm -hmm. we can take it. And you and I both work with playwrights a lot, yes. new playwrights, I should say, um, on new work. So we know how precious those words can be and how we have to honor um, what the playwright has written. So this was like an interesting thing because non-living playwright how do we go about this process? Oh, well, there's an intermediary person, right? Yeah. Who has to speak your ideas to another person. Um, and that was, that was a little nude for me, right? Because usually we're talking directly to the playwright mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. having two-way conversation dialogue about what it is we want, what they want, how we see this, what they feel like we could get out of it, right? But this was more like, what do you think? And then, right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Well, you know, something else I didn't realize until we talked to them is that over the years, our town itself has been translated into other languages just in totality so that it could play in other countries. But that this, uh, this multilingual approach, which started with uh, the Augustine and Cruz production, is something that they are really willing to embrace and they're trying to consider, you know, how far that is possible and really looking to see what we're able to achieve to inform them of the future. So uh, that became, well, good, you know, that, uh, 
I mean, hey, in theater, you don't mind being a guinea pig, you know what I mean? Because that means you're part of the history of right. the piece. I hadn't yeah. thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. I had not thought about it that way, so thank you. There is, it's weird, right, to feel like, and Tap and Wilder did say this, like we're creating something new. This is like, I forgot what word he used, but you know, when you're trailblazing something, like a, creating a new path. Um, but to think that this is the beginning of something that can be a model for them to use across the country and abroad is, is really kind of exciting to think about. And I loved how, um, how incredibly engaged they were in what we were doing, Yes. right? Yeah. Conversation back and forth about, well, what do you think about this and how are you going to, you know, approach that? And it was all very dramaturgical and just, you know, for us as directors, really mm -hmm. exciting to be able to dig into a play on that level. Um, and so it gave us a lot of things to talk about and it informed so much of the approach to when we were working with uh, one of our faculty members here who was teaching a Chinese drama class and whose class was gonna work on doing the translations. Um, it really did inform those conversations, incredibly so, and shaped the decision that was ultimately made. Because we decided, like, this is a really literal translation of the words, so it's more faithful. But this version actually takes into account that the mother is from Beijing, and the kids are second-generation English speakers. And, and right, all of those things then came into play that are so important. Well, they're not only important, but they're also part of where theater is trying to go now. Mm -hmm. where tr like you were saying, I wasn't interested in just colorblind casting where mm -hmm. we're just putting people in there to not be authentic. So I think that this allows us to test out all of those specificities because being inclusive in the way we are culturally trying to interpret it now we are trying to allow the specificity of our cultural experience to inform a moment as opposed to simply seeing a representation mm -hmm. of somebody and saying, you are included mm -hmm. because I allowed you into the mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so, um, so I think in this weird way, we all came together because that is something you and I are no longer interested in just plopping people mm -hmm. into place uh, and then to find out that they too were embarking on this kind of exploration for our town. So that really worked out. It was really exciting to begin to think about how does the individual actors' um, cultures in, you know, just whether they decided on something that they knew personally or something that they chose that is aligned with who they are, um, how that informed the work. And suddenly, in, you know, back when we were doing the translation, there were all these moments where students would say, um, so this is a little problematic today. And there's a wonderful podcast that the students in that class did. It's just amazing the level of conversation around uh, appropriation um, around 
what does it mean when you assimilate into a culture? And it was really lovely. I hope if you haven't listened to it, you, you get a chance. Um, but there are, there are those spots, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. are a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we wanted to call them out, mm -hmm. to pay attention, to point to them, to say, here's something for us to examine. And some of those are fascinating. I know we talked about it. I've been thinking about it on the side. And now that we're like ready to head into tech and are adding those sound elements, I'm looking forward to seeing what that does. Yeah, I think I, I don't think. I know since we've started rehearsing, it has become clearer and clearer how ambitious you and I naturally are. You know, we shoot for the stars and then see how far we come. Um, so I am very interested to see, you know, by this time next week, how much of what we really want we're able to make happen. And it's only because it's, it's not for any particular reason other than time and circumstance that some things get, you know, mm -hmm. get prioritized differently. But I, I'm really curious because we knew that whenever you embark on something new, that you can't anticipate all of the challenges or all of the, the slips or, or whatever, uh, or the happy accidents either. Um, and so that has been interesting because you and I have truly just ridden with it. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, okay, you know what I mean? It's like, and we do what now? Um, because, because as a culture in general, we cannot, we cannot make big changes until we step out there uncomfortably mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and find out what it is we don't know or, or what it is is an obstacle that we never even considered from our comfortable individual mm -hmm. seats. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, I will say that this fits in our trajectory as when we met and uh, you know, because uh, you just asked me, do I remember where we first met? And I, you were directing a workshop at Synchronicity, and I got booked for the acting role. And you were brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> we never talked about that, but thank you for that. Uh, but that's how we first met. Um, and like I said, we love, both love new plays. So uh, I always say, you know, a new play actor is the best kind mm -hmm. because you have to be fearless enough to make sure that you're advocating for your character. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, you know, we enjoyed all of that. Uh, then, uh, and then, uh, you don't know this, but your name came up in conversations in my world several times mm -hmm. after that. And uh, then I was producing for Horizon uh, this new play project called Black Women Speak, where I have con uh, commissioned several black female writers from the South to write plays for and about black women. And we were doing a workshop and I was like, so are you free? And so we, we did that on Zoom. And then as, and I was producing. I so love that by the way, like I wasn't there for the conversations you were having with the public and bringing women in to really dive into all of what the play can offer. Mm -hmm. um, but I hadn't heard of anybody doing it that way before. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like theater really being about for by communities, right, in that tradition, it felt really, um, I don't want to say new, but like a, a, an approach that felt inspired. Well, I will say, which was, was actually a pleasant surprise for me, because uh, all of the playwrights aren't from Atlanta, but they had to have strong Southern connections. So a couple of the playwrights lived in different states, but to have them all come together with different levels of experience and accolades in other, uh, in, with other companies and things like that, and for them to say, this was the first space where they felt they could be authentic mm -hmm. as playwrights, you know what I mean? Because we gathered as black women to actually have the conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like, just, just be you, girl. Say what you want to say so no one felt like they were editing mm -hmm. uh, creatively, and that felt good to them. So, so the whole experience was like, okay, I'm not finished with it. It's still in process, but, uh, but yeah. And then as fate would have it, so, you know, I guess you have to live long enough to know that you can't anticipate the future. You don't know where life turns. Y'all don't. <laughs> and uh, I was directing, I was scheduled to direct The Light by, oh my God, I just had a brain lapse. What is my- Me too. Age oh. y'all. Oh my God, oh my God, yes, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. What is Sister Girl's name? Oh my God. I keep hearing low row. Yes, that's embarrassing. See, don't get old, don't get old, don't get old. Loy Webb, oh, praise the Lord. And Loy is a fabulous uh, playwright. And who, 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 Loy Webb. And um, I had started directing it before the pandemic. And it was, it was the show that stopped because we couldn't get into tech because mm -hmm. everything closed. And then when it was scheduled to come back, two years later, two and a half, three years later, everybody's in a different space. Everybody is now thinking about taking care of themselves. Everybody is saying, I have family things. I have other things. I am not dying on the cross of theater like I used to. I want to do it, but I can't do it like I was doing it before because I am now prioritizing family matters that have come up and oh my God, now what do we do? Which was unheard of in theater prior to the pandemic. You either sacrifice everything for a show or you walk away from the show in shame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you turn down a good show, yeah. right? And I, I, I thank Lisa Adler, my artistic director for saying, well, is there anybody you would wanna, I don't know, co-direct with? And I was like, well, well, and then it was like, okay, wait a minute, Lydia, what are you doing, you know? And Lydia was like, oh, oh, well, here's my schedule, and here's what I can, and here's what I can't. And, and, and truly, 
this was a week before rehearsal started. So this was not, we planned this, we sat down, we figured it all out. It was... And I, I was already directing. Yes, because the first week you were going to be somewhere yeah. else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. There's something interesting about, you're talking about when you've lived a certain length of years, right? Oh, why do I have this click with this person? Like, where did this come from? And so, oddly enough, when you asked, I immediately felt like, whatever, whatever you need, I'll do whatever you want. Had we built a friendship? We were still colleagues, Yeah, we right? were still colleagues, yeah. Um, but I definitely felt that way. And now we find ourselves thinking the same, you know, thoughts in the same moment, <laughs> having the same idea at the same time for a particular moment on stage. Um, and that isn't to say that, like, there aren't those things, but I'm always happy to give something up because I know, <laughs> you know, I can choose some silly things sometimes. And, and I'm, and you know me, I'll say it, and then if you go, no, I want that, I'll go, uh. <laughs> I mean, I think what is surprising, but what works for us is our friendship and our directorial relationship is not ego-based. Yes, you've said that before, yes. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't come to the table assuming that my way is the almighty way, and if you don't see my way, there's something wrong. We both come to the table and say, well, I was thinking this. Mm -hmm. Can we try that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe that worked. Maybe it didn't. We'll take a piece of it. We'll throw it all away. We'll circle back around to it. We will, we will literally look at each other and go, I can't talk to this person anymore, and I have no more words. Your turn. <laughs> Tag, you're it. <laughs> and the other one just sits down and goes, mm -hmm. <laughs> It's interesting uh, in that sense of wanting to take care of ourselves as directors and, and as human beings and all of the things that happened in life for both of us. I think, how do we learn to support ourselves, especially when directing is such a lonely like profession? Like, unless you have close ties to other directors, you don't really get into a room with a bunch of directors and have, you know, a party or a meeting or a gathering. It just doesn't really happen. Um, and so this felt like, oh, I get to share now. I don't have to have everything. I don't have to be everything. All of this is a shared sort of responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't have to show up, and I mean that in terms of, right, person, not mm -hmm. like, you know, in the physical form. But I don't have to show up in a way that's always forcing me to keep pushing. I can show up where I am. Yes. And I can give what I have because I know you're there and giving what you together. Together, right? we, we give a lot. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that, that has been exceptionally freeing. And, and we experienced it. It's funny because we were very successful with the first production. We got Susie Award for. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I would say I can be here three hours and I'm out. Tag, you're it, Lydia. I gotta go home. I mean, we did that a lot. So, you know, um, 
so coming back and doing this one has been great because now we're really getting to say, okay, so what is this rhythm? Mm -hmm. And we found that it wasn't a fluke. Mm -hmm. We found that the last production wasn't a fluke. That, that the way our personal rhythms work, um, most of the time we see, uh, we see a moment in theater the same. We have different ways of solving the issue, but we see the same moment. And we are willing, now here's where the old school, the plays the thing comes up. Mm, mm. We still want it to work the best. Always. So whatever vision or collective vision makes that moment work, we just go with it. You know, even if we say, yeah, I really wanted that to work, but it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm always like, give me just 24 hours and I will let it go peacefully. I just need to mourn. <laughs> not even, sometimes it's not even 24 hours. Last night I was like, get this gone, move on. <laughs> oh yeah, the tech was shocked. When you said, they were like, are you sure? I was like, like, yeah, yeah, let's cut. That was Easy, easy, because obviously it was on my mind, right? It, yeah, and I was like, so Lydia, why are we doing X, Y, and Z? Because but I, always, I always have to try to sort it out in my brain, right? Because I, I responded to you what the original idea was, and I was like, okay, I've said it. It's not, it's not helping the show. Let's let it go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think it is. It is something that's weird, but I think everybody's gotten on board with it. You know, it is interesting to watch tech and, and actors figure out the dynamic. I think because last night, I think I said something when we were releasing that made everybody say, yeah, that's true. Because it was like, well, you know the things I'm interested in. And you know the things that I'm like, I don't know, you better ask Lydia or somebody else because I wasn't paying attention to that. And you saw that nodding mm -hmm. like, yeah, we figured that part out. That's, <laughs> that's not Marguerite, that's Lydia. Or that's not, that's Lydia, not Marguerite or whatever, but. And, and that's another part that's been interesting for me as well is being attentive to the same scene. We did this with the light. But in that sense, it felt more like we were, we did this with notes, but we weren't in terms of the actual getting into the meat and working a scene, both working with the actors at the same time. And now with this, we are. Mm -hmm. um, and a couple of times, it just has felt like magic, like in the zone where we're both on stage giving notes simultaneously, right? Yeah, yeah. Talking about something and it feels to me Right, that it's a cohesive, unified voice. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's been really exciting. And what I've perceived, right, is sometimes people's faces light up in this gorgeous way. Mm. And it doesn't, and that thing about ego, right, is that it might light up here for you, might light up here for me, might light, it doesn't feel like one has everything or all the answers or the actors are leaning more towards this or that. It's just like they know each of us is bringing something to the table and will have something for them when the time comes. Right, mm -hmm. and, if, and they know who to go to for certain needs. It's like, yes. okay, I know Marguerite doesn't have that answer. Let me ask Lydia mm -hmm. and you know, or okay, this is a question that Marguerite's going to answer. Mm -hmm. and, and we're like, fine. 
And it's amazing how many times one of us will just sit down and go, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's you. I'm just here for a minute. <laughs> you know what I just realized? Um, we often talk about the process of acting, right? And for some people, it's an internal to external approach. Um, and I just casually mentioned this the other day about how sometimes for me, it's uh, external to internal. Like if I do the behavior, then I start to get ideas. Um, so I'm often like walking around the room because I need to be able to put myself kind of empathetically into place to be able to think about what choices would happen. And that's, I think, very interesting because we have those two different approaches. We can offer something that's unique. And, and I, I say to people that I think in this industry, everybody comes to it a different way. So I am an actor director. When I say that, I mean, I came to this moment as an actor. So I am clued into all of the actor issues. It's like, uh, that's that fear wall. Oh, that's this. I, I see the block. So you call me the actor whisperer sometimes <laughs> because, because we've both described the moment, we've both tried to get somebody there and I'm like, okay, well, let me see if I can get around the actor psychology that I see being you know, illustrated here is what's in the way. Now it doesn't always work and then we both look at each other because it's like, your way didn't work, my way didn't work. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe time. Maybe, Maybe time. time. But but it is really good because because when like please see the big picture for me because I don't like the big picture. I like the I like the internals. And I like big picture. And you so. like big picture. Yeah. So um Yeah. It's like truly, truly. Where do I enter? I don't know. Ask Lydia. I don't know. <laughs> and then I go, don't ask me. Solve it. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with directing students all the time. I'm like, solve yeah. it, and I walk away. <laughs> yeah. But we Are have there to. certain challenges that, that the two of you have faced um, with something as big as this play, even though there's not a lot happening visually in terms of all of the, I'm not saying not a lot I'm, happening visually, but uh, for those who don't know, our town is done as Wilder um, has described it, that it needs to be done with absence of props, a very spare stage. Um, but in terms of having these, these three languages, two of which you don't have proficiency in, and then you have the student dialect coaches and the faculty dialect coaches. I mean, talk about that in terms of your co-directing when you're directing people even though you have the translations in front of you, what's that like to hear it in a different language that you don't understand and how does that translate in, for the actor and for you? I tend to be more collaborative than people want sometimes. Some designers love it, some of them hate it. Um, some actors like it, some of them hate it. But I enjoy it more when I feel like we're creating something truly together and that my role is just to say, does this idea fit into the big picture? Um, and does it fit into the big picture in a way that serves the play so that it elevates the story? Um, 
and you bring in a lot of people, the translators, consultants, of, not consultants, but you know, yeah. others' expertise right. to achieve that, yeah. And to treat them more like we're approach, Team. right? We're mm -hmm. all doing this together. So Mary Lynn Owen, who we're so fortunate to have supporting us mm -hmm. as an acting coach, and John Ammerman, again, brilliant um, mime artist uh, and actor, I feel and then Michael, Michael Evident mm -hmm. really, really going a little further than just being a dramaturg, but actually being part of the, of the team, mm -hmm. not just supplying historical data. Mm -hmm. And so a student came up to me yesterday with a question about, oh, I was doing this thing and I was working on it with John. Is that okay? And I said, if John wants that there, I trust John. So please, you know, proceed. John knows exactly what we're trying to do. We've had many conversations. And so if it feels like there's too many directors in the kitchen, <laughs> think of us as just one. And if you ever, and we've said this before, like if there's anything that's been uh, contradictory, just let us know. And I haven't, have you? Has anybody no. ever said that? Mm -mm. Yeah, mm -mm. hasn't happened. But why this works is because I am not opposed to embracing others for collaboration, but that's not where I naturally go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not an opposition. It's just my brain doesn't start to think about I can pull this person, I can pull mm -hmm. this person, I can pull this person. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy it because it's almost like magical. You know, you keep saying, and then this person has time tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, okay. Cause you know, I tell people in a minute, I will glaze over. If it's too many emails with too many different people, I'm like, doo, 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 doo. I don't know. I'm just like. I'm right there with you. But, but when we're in the room, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, we pulled that person in. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, or thank you. I'm glad you gave us notes on that last run through because you've got fresh eyes and you've given us a nice list that, that's very helpful. You know what I mean? And then that gets back to us not being these huge ego folks. So we're kind of like, yeah, you know. Um, I, I will also say that uh, we were talking about the different languages. And I, I, I believed this, but we've been able to see it in practice that there are, there are some moments that I do not care if they're, what language they're talking, it is very clear what's happening. And I don't even, I mean, I think it's good because we're using it off of our town and most people who are theater goers have some understanding of our town. But when the moment, when the moment is flushed, you really don't, you don't really need to know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. last night we had a moment that I thought about on the way home was we've got to work on that moment because it's in Spanish, but I don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't care that it's Spanish. I just don't see the dynamic yet between the two characters. It's so physical yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, so I'm, I'm still going, what are y'all saying? Mm -hmm. Where others are like totally flush and it's like, I don't have to know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also say that having the two of us working on this project together has taken the anxiety down with, with some of the casting changes that have had to happen and things like that because, 
because I think when you're by yourself and you have to, you have to know everything and you have to make it work and you walk in the room and everyone expects you to have all the answers, that being able to make a phone call and say, okay, so here's what's going on today. And even if it's just a five minute back and forth conversation, stepping back out with consensus mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. we're going to try this next mm -hmm. is more peaceful. I, I feel it as personally more peaceful. I don't feel as stressed. Now, our next idea may not work either. It may run into a wall too, but I don't feel as like, oh my God, should I make that decision? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we've talked through the pros and cons right quick and we're both like, well, this is the only option we have. And so yeah. then we do it and we say, well, we'll see. It also feels like because we have agreement on something, there's like an extra support. So even if you're not with me while I'm giving the note or trying to work something, I feel like I'm still connected to you. Yeah. So that when we come back and we see the thing, like yesterday, I was like, okay, it still needs tweaking, but I think we're getting to something in this one particular section. I know for me, I, I often talk about um, growing up, going to Catholic school where <laughs> all my friends were from different countries. Um, and in New York City, it's just, it's just New York is just how it is. If you're, if you're, and I always think that's the case for everybody and it just really isn't. But I feel lucky that that was my situation. So I love traveling and would probably do that if, I, if there was a job called that. Oh, there is a job. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't take that. But um, so I watch a lot of foreign films and television a lot more than I do American television mm. um, and American film. So I'm always used to this thing that you're putting out, right, of being able to read um, oh. behavior. And so it's crazy that this was like 20 years ago. Goodness gracious. Um, but I was in Japan learning about puppets. And what was so fascinating at the time was there are certain gestures that are culturally known that when the puppet does a gesture like touch right below the eye and then go to the other eye and do the same thing, it, the puppet is crying. It's just, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. All of these kinds of moves were just instinctive to the audience about what they meant. Um, I have a question. This might be kind of a stupid question, but like, is there a reason? Is there a reason why you would choose a translation or to translate an older play as opposed to like a newer play that has a similar sort of like themes of like multiculturalism and multi-ethnic sort of stuff? Question. Nope. <laughs> no, yeah. not well. Well. Um, because I know we've been talking a lot. So originally, when Lydia and I talked, first of all, first of all, producers generally choose plays. Whoever is the, the lead of a theater company. Now, I know I'm not an Emory person, but I'm just talking from theater experience. Yeah. It comes down. You know, like you can tell them, I have a couple of plays for you to consider, but the producing arm of a theater is the one that decides what the show is. Um, and I've then, never had that 
Like I have to produce something if I want to direct it. Right. But otherwise, it's what they want me to do. It, so that that's kind of number one. But when presented with the idea, the first conversation we had was, can we get the rights to do an adaptation that did solve, not solve all those problems, but put all of the all of our concerns into the actual text and make it, you know, make it not have to be forced in in any way. And um, when I said that, that that was a really ambitious statement because one, it usually takes a couple of years for any play to be producible from the decision, even if it's an adaptation to two years is tight. It's more like four. So we were, we were being, telling what we wanted, not what we really could have. And then after that, then if this is the text we're working with, then it became how do we honor the text and push the envelope? So we accept the fact that that success for us is the doing. What we see in the end may or may not highlight all the work we've done to explore inclusiveness in theater and pushing the envelope. But we do know for a fact that behind the scenes, the whole team from the management of Theater Emory to the, the, uh, the marketing to the translations, everybody has made some huge learning curves to the positive by even trying to pursue this. You see what I mean? Um, so regardless of how far the end result reads, I think that we have explored a lot of things that can be used going forward for you know, other productions, other things that we find that actually already speak to it or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. From the student perspective, too, when, when the decision was made to do Our Town, there was a, because Theater Emory does do a lot of new work and a lot of more current work. There's the Playwriting Center we were talking about, which is um, de devoted to new work. And so it's kind of ingrained in our system. But then there's also, there was that desire from our students they wanted to participate in something iconic, something that they all knew and that they could all have a connection with, whether it was just they've produced it or been in it before or they've studied it in class. And so when that was decided that it would be this really classic American play and then it was presented to uh, Lydia to direct and then brought in Marguerite and then that was the decision then to take this iconic play and bring it into Emory's uh, community and have it more reflect who we are and where we are. And so it's that way of making sure that it's, it is relevant, that it's 
that it feels classic, that, it, that you're paying homage to that, but that it's relevant and connected to our students. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that any time um, uh, a director decides to take on a play that is more than um, 50 years old, there's always the challenge of how does this fit into our current society? Um, what meaning does it have at this point in time? And um, I think for me, I'd finally gotten around to watching the first season of Briggerton. So there was a conversation that we'd had about, well, what is it to create a world that you dream of, right? Because that's not real. It didn't happen that way. Um, but, you know, more happened than we think it did. But what does that say? What are we finding out by having these specific people populate these specific characters? Um, and the other thing is, you know, whenever you do a play, I might turn and be like, it's a dusty play, but the reality is, because you're working on it, it reveals why it's a classic. Mm -hmm. It reveals like why the words are still treasured and done and performed all over the world today. Mm -hmm. And we see it all the time mm -hmm. in the students who are like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. But it's true, right? It's like mm -hmm. watching a fantastic Shakespearean actor you know, day after day, and you're like, I never saw that in that section of the text. That's mm -hmm. so brilliant. But it, it is incredibly relevant, actually. Mm -hmm. In a time when, you know, a friend of mine and I were talking today, it's a mess. <laughs> the world is a mess. And what do we say to, you know, to you? How do we encourage, you know, moving forward, continuing to like participate in the good fight or all of those things when we know on this side of, of a certain number <laughs> that like change, I may desire change that I, and I will not see it in my lifetime, but also there is the balance of the way that the world works. There will always be tension between the sort of effed up things that happen and the things that we all desire. That's never gonna change. Mm -hmm. So then why am I still participating? What does it mean? And I think this play answers that question. Mm -hmm. And I know you're probably like, so what is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I should say something really great, like Charles will say, come see the show. <laughs> but it's about, it's about life yeah. and yeah. the awe. Yeah. In the small moments. In the small moments, yeah. Not just the big ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the most beautiful thing. Well, any um, final words for us, epiphanies or otherwise, um, other than come see the play? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Marguerite. I love you too, Lydia. Well, hey, here, here's my closing, closing statement. For all those that believe that, that you can't trust your instincts about working and getting along and under and having a heart connection with somebody even though you haven't known them 20 years take a leap and try it because we can honestly say that over now a year and a half there has been no discord there has been it's you know if you find somebody that you know intellectually and creatively you click with without drama, 
see what kind of collaboration you can do because because you know we take the hits and keep on ticking we just kind of go oh okay and uh back to see another day so. <laughs> well yet because the show hasn't opened yet so there's always time right just kidding <laughs> it's not gonna happen right but tonight starts tech and we are incredibly calm yeah. <laughs> See, that's what, yes, you are, you know you are, even though you've been eating chocolate and candy like you're crazy, but that's what and feeding it to me, <laughs> and I have not refused it. That's how I satiate it, yeah. <laughs> this is sugar. Not, not a bad call. Well, thank you so much, um, Marguerite, Hannah, Lydia, Fort, for uh, chatting with us today. As you so eloquently say, Come see the play. It's being produced um, February 16th to the 26th um, at the Theater Lab in the Schwartz Center on Emory's campus. Uh, you can go to our website, theater.emory.edu, and get all the information you need. I also want to make sure to thank um, Emory Arts for facilitating this for us, as well as um, highlighting that this production is made possible by, in part by a grant from the Donna and Marvin Schwartz Artist in Residence Program. That's how this co-directing <laughs> collaboration came to be. Um, so thank you to that. Thank you again to the both of you. And free tickets for students. So go to our website, you'll find everything that you need to know about that. So see you starting February 16th. Excellent. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thank you for listening to the Creativity Conversations podcast. Find out more about arts on the Emory campus by visiting arts.emory.edu. This podcast was produced by Maggie Becker and Emma Yarborough.